0: Born and raised a Bronco fan for 43 years. I have hated the Raiders. On Sunday, I, for the first time in my life, wanted them to win. They couldn't deliver, blowing a 13-point lead in the final game in Oakland Coliseum. And just when you felt bad for Raiders fans, they gave a big you" to their players, booing them off the field. Saying F you to Derek Carr, throwing things on the field. There were even arrests. Raiders fans, good freaking riddance. Tough day in the Bay Area for football fans. Let's get into that on Home and Home. Radio.com Sports Original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire the man we hire to get all our insights from the Bay Area. On a tough Sunday evening, Joe Shasky, the butcher boy, joins us. Shasky, good to see you, brother. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker, how you feeling after that Niners upset at the hands of the Falcons at home? What the hell happened, man?
1: That was ridiculous. They played absolutely terrible. They came out flat. I thought that the game plan was absolutely vanilla. One of Shanahan's worst performances as far as creativity, setting up guys. I mean, he just kept trying to feed Tevin Coleman to prove that, you know, Tevin Coleman should have stuck with the Falcons or something. I'm not sure. Raheem Mostert is the best running back on this team right now. And for some reason, Kyle Shanahan is not giving him 20 to 25 carries like he absolutely deserves in every single game. He's got fresher legs. He's got more jukes. He's got more speed to the outside. Raheem Mostert is a problem. He should be the number one running back. It shouldn't even be close. For some reason, he's sprinkling in Breda and putting way too much Coleman on my plate. I want a center plate steak of Raheem Mostert every single week. I don't know why they've gone away from that. And then again, The trend for Kyle Shanahan, and and I'm I'm calling it a trend now because it's happened time and time again in a lot of their losses, not just this year, going back last year and even in year one. He's only in year three, but he has a problem with clock management. When Julio Jones caught a pass in the final minute, they were marching down about the 25-yard line. They had three full timeouts left. There was about a minute and six seconds left. I'm screaming from the stands call a timeout. Your defense is gassed. They're going to score a touchdown. Leave enough time on the clock so that your offense can, can have some time to march down the field and kick a game-winning field goal. And uh, they didn't. And 30 seconds goes off the clock. Matt Ryan hits Julio again. They get all the way down to about the five-yard line. And with five seconds left, Kyle Shanahan calls timeout and allows Atlanta to regroup and and get themselves together. It's just... This is a trend for Kyle Shanahan. He's throwing the ball in situations where he should run it late in games to close out, and he doesn't understand when and where to use his timeouts. This is really, really driving me crazy at this point.
2: Joe, does this invalidate the win over the Saints,
1: cancel it out in your mind? You know, it's funny that you say that. I, they clinched the playoffs for the first time since 2013 yesterday. This should be a day of celebration. And instead, I'm livid. I'm, I'm really livid because this is not the exact same team that started off the season on such a tear. They were missing five starters on defense. No Jaquaski Tart, no Sherman, uh, no Colin Alexander. He's gone for the year. No DJ Jones. He's gone for the year. And D4, who you traded a second-round draft pick and gave a ton of money to. I don't know if he's ever – Coming back this year, so I don't, I, I'm worried. I'm it's situation critical as Andre Nicotina, a great barrier rapper, once said. It is situation critical right now. They have a slugfest awaiting them, week 17. If you lose that game, you are going to play what Dallas, the Philadelphia Eagles. One of those teams can beat you. I'm sorry. You're you're at home. I saw a uh, 7-9 Seattle team whip up on a damn good New Orleans team almost a decade ago in the the beast mode run that we all remember. Anything can happen in the playoffs in a one-game scenario. Both uh, Philadelphia has a dynamic quarterback. Uh, We know that the Dallas Cowboys are absolutely loaded. Obviously, their coach stinks. But this 49er team is completely hobbled, and they don't know what their identity is right now because week to week, I have no idea who's going to be on the field
0: so as you mentioned barring a week 17 win in seattle your team with 11 and 3 right now could go on the road to start the playoffs i'm a proponent of reseeding i don't think a team that good with 11 and i'm guessing 12 wins they'll beat the rams next weekend should have to start the playoffs on the road do you like the current situation do you think reseeding ought to be considered
1: uh, this one is a tough one because like I said, I- I've been in the NFC West as a fan my whole life. And so I, I seen the, the, the Seattle Seahawks get a 7-9 and home game and beat up a double-digit win New Orleans Saints team. Is it fair? Well, I mean, win the division, you know? Win the division. In my opinion, the 49ers do not deserve a home game if they can't go up to Seattle and beat Russell Wilson. You want to win a division, you want to go to the Super Bowl, well, you better knock off the Hall of Fame quarterback and the Hall of Fame head coach. That's just, maybe I'm old school, I don't know. I I, I understand why they have it in place, and you know what? Dems the breaks. You know, you talk to kids. I'm a coach. I tell them, life isn't fair. You know what? Go out and win games that you gotta win. Don't lose a game against Seattle on your home turf where you had full control and were up double digits. Like, this is on them. Have they had an amazing season? Absolutely. But that's the NFL. Not for long. Things change like that. We saw, you referenced the Raiders earlier. And they were on a roll when Derek Carr was going for an MVP in 2016. And, and then he breaks his leg and that team did not deserve to host a playoff game because they fell short they would go to the texans and get smoked in a playoff game and they've never been the same since so unfortunately life isn't fair i don't think the nfl should be fair i'm not out here to give brownie points win the division get a home game i don't think it's that hard joe did this show like a chink in the armor
2: and does this give you serious pause or concern about the Niners' ability to go to the Super Bowl? Or do you just kind of wave it off and say, you know, they lost the game at home, they shouldn't have, they'll still win the next two, they're still the best team?
1: Yeah, I've been arguing with fans for the last 24 hours. It's driving me nuts because everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It does matter because, again, this is not the same defense. They are hurt right now. They're banged up. Uh, on offense, you can tell they lost their 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 center, Weston Richburg, who was playing unbelievable. That's affected them in the run game. That's affected them in the pass game. And then, as far as that pass game goes, Jimmy Garoppolo never was in rhythm yesterday. That is alarming. If you want to win playoff games, your quarterback has to be in rhythm, especially against a bottom third defense like the Atlanta Falcons. Like you need to understand what that team was that came into the field. They had one ridiculous player, Julio Jones, and he single-handedly beat you. Well, guess what? All the teams that are gonna make the playoffs have multiple dudes on offense that are dynamic studs that will rip your heart out. And, and look, the, this secondary isn't getting healthier. Like, even if Sherman and Jaquaski tart come back, like, those are very good players. But you don't get healthier as the season goes on. I mean, like, you broke a rib? You, you know this, Ross Tucker. I mean, you break a rib, you're not healthy for weeks. You can't even lift your arm, and you're going to go out and play the violent sport of uh, of the NFL? Like, get out of here. And then Richard Sherman is hobbling around. I love Richard Sherman, but a hamstring could pop at any moment. You got uh, a young man, Mosley, on one side and another guy, Witherspoon, on the other. They're so young and they're so raw, and this secondary uh, is getting exposed. And then simultaneously, this pass rush isn't as deep as it was just five weeks ago. No d 40 is humongous. No DJ Jones up the middle clogging things. That guy is a Freak. He's gigantic. DeForest Buckner's been on a milk carton for about four weeks, and-, and Nick Bosa is playing more snaps right now than he has at any point in his life. I mean, let's not rem- forget, this guy only played three or four games at Ohio State. He's hit the rookie wall, and he's still an absolute stud. I mean, he's making plays. It's just he can't finish plays right now because there's not a lot of help on that defense uh defensive line, so... I am extremely worried. I'm telling you right now, if they have to play in the wild card game, they may win one game, but that's it. They need this bye game of this bye week to get rested. And they need that home field advantage. They absolutely need that.
0: The silver lining though, is the refs finally got it right. And they did it in the clutch. For those of you that missed the game, Austin Hooper, caught a touchdown. They looked at it. It was reversed. That was the right call. Julio Jones caught was not a touchdown. They looked at it, reversed it and got it right. I was thrilled, not for your team to lose, but man, it felt good to see the refs review two crucial calls in the clutch and get them both right. Talking
1: to Joe Shasky, the butcher boy. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to ask a question on that because What drives me nuts is the selective jurisprudence in the NFL when it comes to officiating. They stopped that play immediately. I could not believe how quickly they stopped that play. He's stuffed at the one, clock expires. So you put time back on the clock. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is, where's the consistency from week to week? We never see the sense of urgency from the officials down to the goal line in game time situations or game winning situations. It kind of, again, it's the right thing. But I want to see this exact same sense of urgency from the officiating right. every single week. Why do we not see it? Why, for whatever reason, on a game-winning catch where Julio gets stuck, one second left on the clock, time expires, no, 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 We're going to put the one second back on. We're going to review this immediately. In most situations like that, what ends up happening? The guy leans forward to try to get in the end zone. Clock expires. And, uh, you know, we can't. We, we can't really change anything. I mean, like... You see that every single Dude. week. We saw it with the Raiders this, this year. It drives me nuts.
0: You sound like somebody from Boston that can't be happy. They got it right. They got <laughs> it right. It's week to week. I'm freaking out just ecstatic that the NFL got it right two for two in the clutch. You're also, time. Uh, you're also out there covering the Raiders who I actually had some sympathy for late. I can't believe this Bronco fan wanted the Raiders to win their final game at Oakland Coliseum and in particular wanted it for the fans. They blow the 13 point lead and the fans turn on the team in a big way. Booing them. F you to Derek Carr. Throw Derek Carr. Throwing stuff on the field. I think there was an arrest or two. What was a bigger letdown to you? The way the team finished or the fans finished?
1: First off, Dave, I have to—I'm caping up for the fans here, and I mean this sincerely. This is on Mark Davis, one of the worst owners in the history of sports. This dude has been collecting a welfare check from the NFL and begging municipalities to fund his private organization. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so against— Public money being used for private finance. This drives me absolutely nuts. This dude had his hand out, demanding that the city of Oakland and the county of Alameda give him a stadium, give him land, you know, free of the like free of of everything. Could you imagine Joe's liquor store on the corner saying, "Hey, you know what? I'd like roof improvements. I'd like to buy my next door neighbor's building at one tenth the cost. You, the city of Oakland, should be paying for that because that's essentially what Mark Davis has done to the city." of oakland he's had a middle finger to the fans for 20 years he's one of the worst owners in the history of the game he has no liquid assets whatsoever he's knee deep in financial debt and that's why he's whoring himself out to go to las vegas good riddance don't let the door hit you on the way out and as far as the fan behavior no one's condoning throwing some stuff out onto the field i mean those guys that's one out of so many fans that are out there that guy's an idiot or that person is an idiot Clearly, I'm just saying this organization has kicked its fan base in the nuts time and time and time again. I don't blame Oakland fans. I don't blame Raider fans. I blame Mark Davis. I'm telling you, look at that. In, in about five years when Jerry Jones decides he wants to sell the the, the the Raiders to some giant investor and they finally boot Mark Davis, it's going to happen. Believe me, it's going to happen. We're going to all look back in this and say – Mark Davis got completely hoodwinked by Jerry Jones who wanted to have a team in Vegas and wanted to uh, have basically some sort of a weekend travel party whenever his team decided to play the Oakland Raiders every eight years on the road because it's an absolute joke. It's a travesty that Mark Davis was allowed to have control of this NFL team, try to go to Southern California, rejected, and then got a free handout by the city of Las Vegas where they're paying uh, a billion dollars for a stadium that he doesn't even really want because he's a greedy ungrateful jerk who doesn't deserve his team I'm telling you worst owner in professional sports hands down the city of Oakland gets a bad rap I feel so bad for the Oakland Raider fans and Mark Davis honest to God don't ever come back to the Bay Area we don't want you here go to the PF Chang's in Las Vegas we don't ever want to see you again
2: uh I like PF Chang's by the way I like the lettuce (laughs) wrap They're, they're delicious uh Joe, what's the deal, though? And by the way, I I felt awful for Raiders fans. I think they're generally awesome, diehard, loyal. I cannot believe they blew that game. But what's your read or take on some of the Raiders fans evidently swearing and saying F you to Derek Carr? (laughs) I didn't really understand that. I saw other players going around and high-fiving fans. That seemed a little extreme. Am I missing something? Is there more to the story with swearing and booing Derek Carr off the field?
1: The Derek Carr conundrum reminds me so much of Alex Smith, where he was with the, the San Francisco 49ers before the lockout, before Jim Harbaugh came in. Raider fans have just had enough of him. I mean, Derek Carr is a nice guy. Here's the problem Derek Carr is in the middle of a gigantic separation between the fan base. You have half the fan, or more than half the fan base, saying, Once they go to Las Vegas, I'm never going to root for them again. Then you got a bunch of people saying, Well, if you're not riding with the team, you're not a diehard. I'm going to follow them no matter where they go. And I think. I think Derek Carr fell right into the middle of this he already said he bought a house he's going to live right next to John Gruden he's been kind of all about the Las Vegas move and that's not a knock on Derek what else is he supposed to say but I think his play on the field has been so up and down and he's just left so much to be desired he unfortunately on the field is the face of all the dysfunction that Mark Davis represents and the fans needed to take it out on somebody because you know why that weasel and that coward Mark Davis wouldn't stand at the 50 yard line because that entire stadium would boo him right back to Las Vegas I'm I'm dead serious on this Uh, they're taking their venom out on Derek Carr and yeah there's a lot of people that just don't want to see Derek Carr as the quarterback of the Raiders anymore and I understand that but I think that he ended up being the pinata for fans frustrations when in reality they should channel that energy toward Mark Davis he just happened to be in the wrong place, at the wrong time, and fans were gonna take it out on him. It it doesn't mean that they hate Derek Carr. I just think they're done with him as their quarterback. Because to be honest with you, the guy's left a lot to be desired. He's been paid handsomely. And let's, if we really wanna break this down, He has been in the most dysfunctional organization in all of pro sports. I mean, look at what happened with John Gruden when he finally came in. He keeps Reggie McKenzie. He trades away Khalil Mack, trades away Amari Cooper. And that's just in the last 18 months. Think about what he had to deal with before this with, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Jack Del Rio and the different coordinators that they've had going on there. They've got no money, no resources. They've got no training facility whatsoever. Again. This all falls at the lap of Mark Davis. The guy has been collecting welfare checks from the NFL revenue sharing system for way too long. He does not deserve to be an NFL owner. And the fans took it out on Derek Carr because he happened to be on the field at the end of the game when everybody's liquored up and frustrated and the team lost in another heartbreaking fashion. And unfortunately, that was kind of the metaphor of the last 20 some odd years since returning to Oakland. We're gonna rip your heart out at the end and show you how truly dysfunctional we are on our way to our next location, Las Vegas. So sad. These love letters to
0: Mark Davis brought to you by Joe Shasky, (laughs) 95-7 the game in the Bay Area. Butcher boy, you are the best. We appreciate your insights and really subtle opinions about the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Hey, Dave, one last thing. The biggest story in Bay Area right now is Madison Bumgarner leaving to go to an NL West division opponent, the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's not going to the Braves. He's not going to the Yankees, the Red Sox. He's going to the upstart, like, Arizona Diamondbacks? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, I was was very surprised. I was disappointed. I wanted to see him go to the Angels. I want to see Mike Trout relevant. I want to see someone help Mike Trout be relevant. That's not going to happen, bro. So that was a bummer for me. An interesting trade with Corey Kluber and the Indians, too. I think they could have gotten a lot more. Indians fans can be just Cleveland sports fans. That's just a bummer of a city.
1: Butcher Boy, good to see you, my friend. Merry Christmas to you guys if I don't talk to you. Dave, you're the best. And Ross Tucker, we love you here at 95.7 The Game.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home.